Buon appetito. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, Christopher. Big TJ, what's going on, King? Oh, um, you know, I was just looking at this menu that you sent me from this restaurant called Good and Nice, and I remember looking at it on caviar, stumbling upon it, and remembering that all the, the captions and descriptions were very quirky. Like in a good, like, palace skateboards description way, or in like a corny white people from Orange County way? Ugh. No offense. It's leaning more towards door number two, unfortunately. I had a feeling it's very tough to pull off that kind of um, British charm when you're not British. Yeah, I mean, I guess Palace should get a little bit more credit than they than they get. It the is palace, hard to do that. The Palace product descriptions are truly like a work of art. Like I would never buy the product, but I read the descriptions every time there's new stuff. It, it kind of reminds me of the the golden era heyday of of Vice music reviews. Mm, you know that was some good copywriting back then formative i did i did some vice music reviews in my day i wrote some that was some of the first writing i ever did is that right you and chromio were both writing music reviews uh yeah well they were i mean i didn't write that many but they were you know they were always under an anonymous name anyway so it was like you could just totally go nuts like the like Ryan Duffy wrote a cartel review in in Vice and gave it like a nine, <laughs> and just talked about how like you could probably hook up with someone's hot mom if you went to a cartel show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so missed that the, stuff. I didn't. I, that's one thing I did not know about you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, I only only a handful, but I, that was before I really had my sea legs, you was know. It, so it was nice. Yeah. Was this pro bono work, or were you on the payroll? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> everything I do is pro bono. Unfortunately, no, oh. uh, no, that was definitely that might have been paid. To be honest with you, they they were. I mean, all the times I worked with Vice back in the day, it was it was always like fair. It was ne- you know what I mean. It was never like some weird shit. It was never like do this for free. Well, welcome to white privilege, brother. <laughs> yep I never know, had a problem always got my invoice paid on time funkiest thing i heard some people having a little trouble with them but who knows well i you know i do have a i don't know what's happened but there was a time maybe we've talked about this but like five or six years ago i would constantly be owed like pretty substantial amounts of money mm-hmm. like people just would not pay like big companies Flex. and something Something, yeah, thank you. Something has happened though, as of as of like two, three years ago, where that just doesn't happen anymore. Like well, people just pay pay on time now. It was probably right around the same time you got verified on Instagram. I'm assuming. I'm not verified on Instagram. Don't remind me, little bitch. Oh, you're uh, not. I thought you were. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what platforms you're verified on, but I've still got more followers than you on both. So only, I'm carrying only the Twitter. load of this show. Only yeah, tw- you, don't worry, you are I, carrying the lion's share of our of our social media. Um, don't worry, Jason. Don't worry, Jason. I'm going to I'm going to get verified on Instagram during this pandemic if it's the last fucking thing I, I do. I think you said that you know early I into know. this podcast. What? Let's get a report on on how all that is going. I guess you could call that a progress report. The progress report is nil, zero, zilch. So we got uh, no leads. No leads. I need to follow up with my editor uh, at at New York Magazine because they're they're spearheading the the uh, the 
mm-hmm. you know, the efforts, operation, the operation, yeah, the efforts. Exactly. Oh, it's an all nice. hands. It's an all hands on deck situation here. It's going to um, take a miracle to get your little ass verified on the gram. They're like, hey, we, he's good. But these are there are a lot of chairs. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of chair accounts out there. So I guess you do need to stand out from them. Bitch, my content is pretty good. Like it's not it's not amazing, but it's pretty good. Well, um, you know, always strive for great, not good, my friend. Yeah, I can tell you do that all the time. Nothing, nothing gets blasted <laughs> off on my stories unless it passed a strict uh, 12-point inspection criteria oh. is met. What, like a up-close fo- food photo? What criteria does that mean? <laughs> you know, I like to play around with tone and composition <laughs> as well as cropping, warm. Can I get a, can I get a bite? <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, watch me turn those stories into a uh, you know a, a food fluencer career, bro. Well, I think there's some some food television openings, so you probably you probably have you probably have a little window there if you want to if you want to get out there. I was really trying to it. think about that recently. Like, I'm, I'm always trying to think about like what's the angle that hasn't been done. Like, everyone is kind of talking about or everyone's praising Guy Guy Fieri right now because now he's, he's turned to charity guy. Well, he he kind of always has been, and people just kind of figure that that's what you do when you're when you're in that compromised position. Like you kind of have to work a little bit harder to be cooler than everyone else and be nicer. True. So so guy has to go double time. But now everyone now guy, guy guy has to go hammer. Guy, well, that's the thing. The guy guy has been going hammer for you know it's been Years. decades now, probably. And it, he's starting. It's starting to pay off. the The cream is rising to the top, and he's he seems to be the only the creamiest guy. You know, everyone everyone is in the in the, in the restaurant world. They're either going broke, they're getting me too. The shit's closing down. David Chang's complaining that he can't he can't afford to buy salt and season his pasta water. Everyone's struggling. Did he say that? Yeah, there was like a there's there was like a he did a post on Instagram saying like talking about how he's not salting his pasta water anymore because he doesn't have enough salt and it's kind of like he he's like afraid of the scarcity of it and he doesn't want to like risk going out and then every other chef who makes a fraction of his money is is hitting him up being like hey i have like salt if you want some bro <laughs> i got i got some molded in the crib if you just want to come by like you just wear a mask if you don't mind like you cool. ha- you have uh, tens of millions of dollars i think you can afford <laughs> fucking salt the only thing some that's pe- cheaper than water you know it's it's so crazy how like how do you not realize what that sounds like when you say that like that's just so crazy to me like that it you, is you know, but everyone's afraid to call him out on long. that shit because he's so powerful you know but is he so powerful? Like in what way? Like I don't think his shit's hitting like it used to. I think I think like restaurant wise, it's not really that powerful anymore. It's pretty watered down and distilled at this point, and it's just like you know Hudson Yards ass restaurants. But I think in like the food <coughs> media space, he's still he's still pretty powerful. Like he can get TV shows bought and sold, and he can get in the ear of of network execs, and he can be like, "No, nah, you got, you shouldn't have this guy on because he was talking shit on me or whatever." Like. Well, him and I are in a similar position. It's nice. Then I guess I like him. You guys are both 
petty entrepreneurs. <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, I've got the ear of all execs, you know, from, from a multitude of industries. Yeah, all so the I'm people not... that just got fired from uh, Endeavor, you were really in their ears, weren't you? Yeah, I don't understand. I haven't, I, we, you know, a friend of the show told us about that rumor, but I haven't heard that anywhere. And I feel like a bloodbath of that size would have hit the internet pretty hard. Um, I read a whole, there's a whole story oh, on did? it. They, they um, I, I don't know. I think it was the times that covered, that did a story on it, but it was, they, they interviewed like the, the three dudes from Endeavor, like yeah, the main the guys. And they were basically just saying like, you know, they, all the, a, a lot of shit that they were betting their, a lot of money on obviously got fucked because of Corona. Yeah. They, I think they had to lay off 250 people. I mean, I know that I talked to a friend that worked at UTA, and he said that basically as soon as this happened at UTA, they just all took a, a, a graduated pay cut all the way across the board, and they've been able to like basically be fine, which mm-hmm. I think is a smarter, smarter way to do it. Like the you know it was a the, the, it was a sliding scale based on pay, obviously. So like the highest paid took the most hit, and then it trickled mm-hmm. down from there. But I think everybody was happier to do that than for you know half the staff to get canned. Yeah, sure. You know, just make it work. But then at that point, you're like, maybe I, if I got canned, I could have been getting unemployment. Blah blah blah. Who knows? Yeah, but it's I mean, tough. That, that like all true. those, uh, all of those people who grew up with rich West Side families who then got hired and got a job at at William Morris or Endeavor, they're they're going to be screwed. You hate to you hate to see that you ha- you hate to see. I mean, how are these LA private schools going to stay open? You know what I mean. Like, is, is Harvard Westlake going to have to get bailed out? <sighs> Harvard Westlake makes so much money; it's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, they've given us a lot of cool stuff. You know what I mean? A lot of obnoxious NYU graduates and like hot rich chicks. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I wanted to stay in business. Personally. Some of them have started bands <laughs> that you like or love. I mean, yeah, I guess there was that period where, like, what what, what was the band with the, the all the girl? It was all women. Heim? No, not Heim. Dude, by the way, is Heim actually good, or did Heim had one good song? I, I can't decide. Um, I think that, I don't know, I think they have an ability to write songs that is, you know, pretty impressive like I, re- I would say i respect i feel like they really have something but then i hear it and i'm like this is like okay but then there's a couple songs that are like undeniably like smash out of the park yeah i think they know i think they know the fundamentals of writing a hit and i think they have done their homework and they know they know what they're doing they're they're able to play their instruments well and they're talented musicians but you know i mean i just i i like that they're so popular i feel like it, i'd rather them be popular than a lot of stuff yeah, and you know they're they're nice, good, good people as well. Oh, okay. I forgot. I'm sorry. Jason's kissing Hollywood ass again on this podcast. Look, so I forgot. I love I love to talk s about people, but you know <laughs> I won't talk any s about people that I'm friends with in real life unless I'm very oh, close friends with them, like you. And oh, then I, I will I, let it spread. Okay, okay. No, I mean I'm into Heim. I have no beef. I just like. There's the fan. I have certain friends who are just rabid fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Vampire Weekend, where I'm like, I like this in theory, but then I listen to it, and it's mostly a miss for me. But I like like that it exists, and I would rather that be popular music than fucking you know 20, 20, 21 Pilots. That's true. Twenty one. I um. 21. I stopped being able to listen to Vampire Weekend when I heard. 
Pete Holmes, or maybe it was Pete Holmes or a Pete Holmes-like person just say the phrase vampy weeks. And then I was like, all right, never going to listen to them ever again. That's absolutely fucked up because Pete, I would love to have Pete Holmes come on this podcast so we could absolutely destroy him on a barbecue for an hour. (laughs) I don't think he would do that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. He might. He might like the smoke. His little Christian ass. He might be up for it. That's a good point. Some some very uh, Christian religious people like they like to get that tickle. Feel yeah, that you burn. know, that his, you know, you know that his like girlfriend ties him up and humiliates him and shit. So it's no different that if he came on How Long Gone, we could humiliate him. He'd be he'd be getting that booty play. You you already know. <laughs> he'd definitely be getting picked. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I can't believe like. I can't believe that for a minute during like the podcast heyday of like me trying to discover what I like that I actually listened to his podcast. It, it, it's it's so embarrassing. I don't even know why I'm admitting it right now. Well, I mean, I've listened to a bunch of his podcasts. There have been a couple where if the guest is good, they can they can get on a pretty interesting, not interesting, but just like a very like wide open tangent of thoughts and and convo that doesn't happen on very many podcasts so i think that's where his magic is but otherwise you know you have to really like those bad dad dad joke pun type of comedy but if i if i wanted to hear if i wanted to like spend time with an unfunny like former christian divorced guy i can look in the fucking mirror like that's not i don't that's just not that it's just he's not compelling enough well not everybody has the luxury of looking in the mirror and seeing chris black that's true and and to be fair i was never a christian but i was forced to go to church so that is a difference because i know that motherfucker loved the lord he'd be loving the lord what um what do you think about i'm i'm pleased to hear the news about quibi taking a shit you know I mean, that article was amazing. Like, just him blaming coronavirus and only coronavirus. Like, bitch, your whack-ass content is part of the problem, Katzenberg. But you did read you did read his, like, thing about his day. No, I did not. Bro, it's amazing. He gets up at, like, 2.30. <laughs> and, like, reads five newspapers. But there's, like, a two-hour gap in the morning where it's like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you think he's doing? I don't know. Maybe jerking off. He's probably. Uh, you know, a- do you think what's the chances? You know, he's pretty high up. He's he's probably in on the child prostitution ring of the elite Hollywood. Oh, right? he. I, I don't know. I think I think because he he is his own. He has that like crazy yacht. So maybe he didn't. I don't know if that that yacht might be too big to go to the Epstein Island. There might not be a dock <laughs> big enough for the for the yacht. Too big to dock. <laughs> too big to dock. Yeah, it's, he's it's got like the, that, that yacht is one of those yachts where like if shit goes down, that's that's good that's good enough to be your new home oh yeah if i ever get invited on that yacht i will never call you again or talk to you again that's a whole new level of like that's where i need to. what go. do you think the squatters rights are on that yacht i mean honestly i feel like i could find a corner and he wouldn't even know i was there <laughs> for like a long period of time <laughs> he would just walk past you and be like hey another let me get a let me get another glass of sancerre yeah exactly i'd be like oh Yes, Mr. Katzenberg. Hold on one second. If I was a, if I was a little hotter and more buff, I could definitely get invited on. Well, but keep doing TJ's kettles, and we'll see if you get there, buddy. That's a good point. We need to talk about our exciting guests today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's it's really our our calling to finally have someone from the Bravo reality television universe join us on this podcast. Bravosphere. 
Bravosphere. Um, Hannah Burner is a comedian and uh, known tennis player and New York native who uh, also happens to be part of the ensemble cast of Bravo's Summer House, a <laughs> runaway hit that I would say has eclipsed Vanderpump rules and popularity in certain circles. Um, I know it's crazy, uh, but I'm, I have a lot of questions for Hannah regarding uh, her court time, also the show. Uh, and her her comedy career. So mm. and she me, also me, uh, she's a, a fellow podcaster as well. Also a pod head. Yes, of course. How could you? I mean, how could you not? Really? So this is you know this I mean? is this is Christmas and your birthday all rolled into one to have a exactly. Bravo guest on this show. And I'm happy, very happy for you. Thank you. Let me call her. All right. All right. Oh, we're in business. Oh, Hi. we're in business. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's what happens when I'm left up to the technical side of this business. <laughs> He's bad. What's up? How uh, are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Not bad at all. Um, he's in L- He's in LA, so he's doing better than both of us because it's probably ninety oh. degrees. Look, oh, New York no. is really cool too, guys. <laughs> no, New York is a shithole right now. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just I, kidding. I've I've been hearing that as well. Uh, it really is. Um, but, but Jason, before you got on the line, Hannah was telling me that um, she's with her parents, actually, in Long Island. Uh-huh. Which, you know, I've been flirting with the idea of, of driving down to my parents in Atlanta just to get a change of scenery. How, would you recommend I do that or maybe nah? <laughs> um, I mean, probably nah. I would say I don't. I think if you haven't seen your parents in months and there's a quarantine and stuff going on, you should probably keep it that way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We get a, we get along pretty well. I mean, I don't. I'm think not it would talking be that about. I'm not talking about because of like getting along with your parents. I'm more talking about like um, in the infectious diseases going on in the world. Oh well, I mean, look. Uh, if I'm gonna get it. If I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. Is kind of how I feel. Got it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then, is- but I just don't want like I'm. You're a very strong, hot, um, <laughs> muscular cat, and you could probably beat this thing. But I don't want your your older parents and relatives to catch it from from your hot bod, and then you know something bad happens. We've, discuss- we've discussed though that my parents, my my mom and sister are both working in the medical field. So if anybody, I'm going to get it from their ass. If anybody's going to get it, anything's possible in this crazy world. Hannah, it's How been great you- talking to you. Anyway, <laughs> thanks so much, you guys. This was really insightful. <laughs> How is it going with your parents, though, Hannah? That's what I was trying to get at. Are we? Are we on? Yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah, we're we yeah. Okay. We're, we go off. Well, rate. sorry for calling New York a shithole. Now I'm going to get all these angry DMs. Um, I'm Brooklyn born and raised. I love my shithole. Um, okay, so I'm like just realizing all the things that I like forgot to talk about in therapy. Um, mm, we're here for you, sweetie. Re- <laughs> we're reliving it. Yeah, this um, one. This won't cost you a dime. This is free. <laughs> this is free. Yeah, it's just an hour of my time. I'll never get back, but it's okay. Um, I do. <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> but I do. Um, I feel like my parents are pretty similar. Like they've grown a little, but like I've grown a lot from being a 15 year old to a 28 year old. So I'm reacting to things differently, and I'm seeing like, oh, a younger Hannah would have taken that to heart, and you know, 
repeated that in her head and made herself feel bad. But older mm. Hannah is like, you know what, dad, that's your own issues. Go talk to your mm. father about that. So that's what, what I'm doing right now is fighting with my dad a little. <sighs> and I'm, like, better, I'm better than him at ping pong and like he can't get over it. So that's how I um, make wow. him feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I actually have a long, long standing um, ping pong challenge with my father as well <laughs> and <laughs> there was a time where where he could beat me and then as i became a man i yep. started to beat him and he didn't like that either it's weird i was a professional tennis player back in the day and my dad was my coach and he taught me from when i was like four years old and when i was 12 years old i finally beat him and he said it was the weirdest combination of like proud and angry um and yeah he's never beaten me since and that's why i'm the alpha in the household and that's why we fight <laughs> do you guys have a tennis court <laughs> my grandpa actually has a tennis court so i'm on this place called shelter island it's like oh, way out. Island. yeah of course yeah. yeah so we've my family's been going there since like i don't know the 80s and um my grandpa has a little place with a tennis court and that's where i learned to play and now we're it actually, yeah, so I'm just, like, living this new suburban life I never lived because I grew up in Brooklyn, and I'm kind of not hating it. I go for a walk every day with my mom. We talk. My mom is a principal of a middle school so she, in Brooklyn, so she's running an entire school from her living room. I'm, Whoa. like, com- I'm complaining about, like, tweets, and she's like, sorry, honey, I'm really busy. And I'm like, this tweet got, like, 10 fewer likes than I thought. <laughs> and then my dad's in the basement, like, training in ping pong, and he's going to lose regardless. So it's a fun <laughs> it's a fun house. Your dad in, like, a dimly lit basement sweating his ass off. My dad? Get- that's literally my dad. He's a man cave. He wakes up. He works out for, like, three hours, golfs Shit. with his buddies, then, like, does a couple calls for work. He's going to get mad. If his bosses are listening, he works a lot. And <laughs> They're definitely yeah. listening. They're definitely listening. We have a big, we have a big boss contingent li- <laughs> on, on, this, on this podcast. Mostly bosses, yeah. Mostly bosses. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about tennis because I've started playing in the last couple of years, and Jason also plays. Cool. Uh, and we have a friend who's kind of our de facto coach who also played at NYU and is kind of like a, a, a ranked junior situation. What's um, his name? His name is Jake Davis. Jake Davis. <laughs> He's a little older than you. Okay. Um, Sorry, I like to pretend. I mean, the tennis community is very small, and you'd be surprised how many random ass people I know. But I've just he he's trained me in such a way that he doesn't ever let me hit a real ball. Really, you know, we don't oh, hit no. a real we, we don't hit a real ball until hour two. What are you hitting in the beginning? Those like softballs? Yeah, he yeah, makes me start the, the deflated that's practice four balls. Year old. That's the four-year-old. I know. I think he's doing it to humble me and then build me back up. No, like, I think, you that, think that that gives you a taste of Chris's skill level. If he, <laughs> if his sensei has decided he's not ready for the regular tennis ball that you can buy at Walgreens, you have to get the special I one. I think he's doing it. I think he's doing it as a troll. But I no, also not at all. like it. No, I've 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 hit with him as well, and it's it's sort of like you got to crawl before you can walk, and he and he will let you know when you're ready to graduate. But how long have how long, Chris, have you been crawling? It's years now. I, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I, when I play in when I play in New York with friends, I just play normally. But whenever I go to LA to play with him, it never we never start with a regular ball. I I mean I like his the meth, he has a method to his madness. There's a lot of different like things you can do to help people get a certain technique, but I like that he's really latched on to this one for you. Maybe he he understands something about you that I don't know. I think that is definitely true. Um, he understands he, how bad at tennis Chris is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's he's kind of like, have you seen like bumper yeah. bowling? It's the same kind <laughs> yeah. of vibe. 
but he he never gets me fresh because what we like to do is go to Barry's boot camp in the morning and then play tennis in the afternoon. So I never have fresh legs, which I think is an unfair judge of my skill level. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's let's not throw excuses around, but I hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I've just gotten a new coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like to yell at my friends and when I coach them. How often do you play now? So actually, after college, I taught tennis on Shelter Island for like the summer before I got my first job in sales, which was brutal, cold calling. Um, but now I, I just, I just play casually with like actually some really cool comedians in the New York city scene. Um, there's, um, this guy, um, oh my God. Well, Francis Ellis is this guy who got fired from Barstool (laughs) who played in high school and he just has like really like went to play lacrosse at Princeton has that like really, you know, false white male confidence in himself. So I just like brutalize him on the tennis court. Um, what do you have then, to do to get that, fired from Barstool is what I yeah, want to know. Yeah, seriously. I, oh, I my God. Princeton is so embarrassed by him, I'm sure. <laughs> well, also, he's a stand-up comedian. and his So friends, they were already embarrassed, you mean? Okay, yeah, they it. were already embarrassed. Um, <laughs> and, and then <laughs> he, he basically wrote about this girl who had been missing and he was kind of like making fun of some of the stuff because they heard that she had like liked something on Instagram so he assumed that she wasn't gone forever and then after he kind of made fun of it um she was declared murdered and it didn't look good so of everything he could have done at Barstool that got him fired um I I was on a I was a pretty frequent guest on a Barstool podcast and I would go into that office and I've never been more disgusted in my life. <laughs> With what part? What's it like it in just, there, Chris? It, it was just, it felt like a, it, it felt like the combination of like a disgusting frat house and like a kill room from Law and Order. Like it was just so, <laughs> it was so disgusting. And like, I just, there's so, the, the, you know, it's so well known how much money the company has. And it just felt like a shithole. And like, it was dirty and there was like pizza box. It just really was not it. Like I was disgusted. Well, it's interesting because I don't um, want to start shit with them, but apparently they're um, hemorrhaging money. As of like two days ago, there's an article about how they're just having a rough time with ads, which makes sense. Um, it's good news. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I think that like once you get to a point of, of problematicness where you can't get ads anymore, that's when the money starts hemorrhaging. And plus COVID, obviously. But what happened is there was like an I'm I'm the barstool. I report on barstool's reporting. So barstool, <laughs> there was a, an email where some guy basically was like, "Hey, are we still on with this advertise advertiser?" And then the boss responded and basically like called him like a stupid R word, and <laughs> and then they fought about that. And I was like, "What are we even fighting about at this moment?" Um, but I also play tennis with Michael Costa. He's um a guy on Trevor Noah's The Late Night Show with Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. What, I get The Late Night Show is confused, but um, he's a, he's played for Illinois back in the day, and I went to Wisconsin. So it's actually, the- it feels good for like an hour to just play with someone who's good and then go back to your regular life and not have the pressure of like a ranking or anything or keeping up your cardio or anything like that. But do you do other exercise or is tennis your go-to? I mean, I realized after all these years that all I want to do is play games, like actual working out. I, I like it after the fact, but I'm my whole life I was 
tennis was what I loved and training was like the homework. Like I don't ever understand people who like did track. Like that's what we had to do when we got in trouble. I had to like <laughs> run a timed mile. Like that wasn't what I did. Yeah, Jason, for a Jason, Jason makes me drop down and do 30 pushups if I make a bad joke on this podcast. So it's a, <laughs> it's a similar, it's a similar kind that's of That's how you thing got that, your body. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the Just Jason work. So many program. bad jokes you must have done. Exactly. Well, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's like tennis. It's taken years. It's growth. It's <laughs> yeah. growth. It's growth. <laughs> So I like I was doing this like hip hop yoga thing that's big in New York. LAC. Oh, are you are you talking about Y seven? Y seven yoga. That was my shit. You know, I'm embarrassed to say I've also done Y seven many times. Don't and be it, embarrassed. It's embarrassing. Embar- Come on, it's a fucking embarrassing thing it's, to do. Okay, if you're a guy, I don't know why every guy's not doing it. Just like hot, like tough girls, <laughs> letting out all their emotions because it's like yoga, but like if if you have an attitude problem. Yeah, but the music is actually bad because it's like corny white chicks playing what they think hip hop is. Okay, you don't have to attack me. And, I'm sorry. and their um, their branding says the word Namastizzle on it as yeah. well. And that's, that one's a <laughs> tough you, hurdle to to overcome. Hannah, I need you to I need you to tell me the truth. Have you ever bought any branded merchandise from Y Seven? I did buy a Y Seven sweatshirt. What did it say on it? It said Y Seven Studio. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I wasn't going to do, but like I liked it. it was like a crop and I remember I was like cold when I was leaving and it was way overpriced. It was like $65 and I'm like, my podcast isn't doing that well, but <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah, I, I like it, but you're so right. It definitely just um, has taken black culture and and let it's, white girls shit on over it all over it's, it it's actually pretty insane it's actually pretty insane but it they opened one near me in the east village and it's fucking popping it's, it's, it's so dope but like snoop dogg is probably just shaking his head somewhere like these <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> no, yeah, i mean i think anybody who is familiar with it is shaking their head but maybe <laughs> maybe still going because they like the work but jason i'm not trying to like twist like, you clearly haven't experienced it how me and chris have but mm-hmm. It's like yoga, but then in between they do abs and they have a moment where you get to like do your own remember. That's the worst part. That's the worst part. Okay. Well, listen to me. The reason why it's not the worst part is because normal workouts, I just kind of listen to what they're saying and just like space out and do it. But Y7, you have to like remember what the formula is or whatever they fucking call it. So that when you you have to focus, you can't just like think about what you want to eat the next day. You have to really Mm -hmm. be in the moment. Mm -hmm. See what, see what I do during that time is just do pushups because like, I just, Oh my God, you're such a douche on, I know exactly the kind of guy you are in the class. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you're saying you use that. I just do pushups because I'm too good to just remember a couple poses. You, you, you (laughs) use that time uh, as, as meditation perhaps to work on your mental clarity exactly. and then chris uses it to try and form some somewhat of a chest yeah yeah well, well sorry when they're playing when they're playing like usher and calling that hip-hop i have to distract myself with really do tough not physical come at usher do not come let it burn confessions i'm do not I saying it's to- not good but it's not hip-hop okay well if the, okay i would say it's r&b <laughs> with a slight hip-hop would you i mean I'm I I don't not I like it a lot. Those are classic songs. But if you sell me hip hop yoga, I want to hear like you know Lil Got It or something new and cool. Who's Lil Got It? He wants to hear some like real drug dealer. He wants to hear Takashi Six Nine. Yeah, he's... I want to hear new. I want to exactly. I wanna but that's for when Takashi. you're doing your like dog pound class, Chris. Not not that's for true. not for yoga. <laughs> yoga <laughs> is usher time. 
I do love just misogynistic rap when I'm trying to work out. Like the more disrespectful it is to women, the more like I get (laughs) it motivates you. Yeah, rap music that is not misogynistic is just bad. You know, unfortunately, (laughs) it's part of being good music. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough reality to face in 2020, but I have to agree, TJ. I love all these just like badass, hardworking New York women did their finance job and up since 7 a.m. Just like busting their ass to being like, women ain't shit, women are hoes and tricks. That's that's exactly what the scene is. It like. pushes them. It I'm does. Yeah, that. yeah. Hey. You got to fight the patriarchy, and you have to remember the history before you move on from it. Damn, Jay- hell yeah, that's the blueprint, baby. Jason yeah. just tried yoga for the first time because Jason's really tall, so he has a tough time doing exercises like the rest of us. <laughs> oh, it must be so hard for him. Didn't you just did? <laughs> Luckily, I, I'm very flexible, but yeah, it is a little tough for me. How did you like it? I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan, actually. I mean, it was not it was not the first time I had done it. I've done it before, but I think it's great. It, it's just a little. I don't know. It might sometimes it gets a little boring to me. It's one of those things where when you when you finish it, you're really glad you did it, but it, in the yeah. middle of it, you're, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. That's why I recommend Y7 because you don't get bored. But not this well, is just a whole Y7. Thanks to the coronavirus, Y7 is done. You know, Y7 is closing forever, just like everything else in the world. When are you I gonna? Mean, I people mean, are doing virtual. Let's virtual, not get too stark. Virtual shit doesn't hit the same. I've tried, and it just doesn't hit the same. Yeah, just like this podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if we were if we were all sitting around a table, you'd be dying laughing. But when it's through the phone, this shit is trash. No, actually, podcasts are like keeping people afloat right now. So I'm supportive of everyone out there still creating great content. So when you say afloat, do you mean like? financially only or are you talking about like uh, <laughs> yeah, keeping them afloat like their mental health and stuff like that i think keeping people afloat in terms of like giving them content because there aren't like tons of tv shows coming out there's not even tons of music coming out but podcasters right. have been able to continually bring content mm-hmm. so, so somebody up, like a comedian in your position where all of the other ways that you can you know express your art this is this is <laughs> it you can't you're not getting on stage you're not selling a show of your sitcom idea, none of that's going on. A hundred percent. And I think some comics are actually ex- like finding new creative ways. Some stand-ups are very old school where they're just like, I do stand-up and that's it. And now they're realizing like, just c- like to be a good stand-up, you have to be a great writer. You have to be, you know, good at act outs. And I feel like some of them are making creative, funny videos they would have never made. And, and mm-hmm. some of them are tweeting more and getting more attention from that. So I think we all have to understand that, you can't depend on one medium for success. Mm-hmm. You're, you're telling, you're talking to two big time polymaths right here. So we we know the vibe. We know the mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, I also mm-hmm. DJ, so I get it. Sick, <laughs> sick. Mm-hmm. What, Please don't so, tell me I cannot. I'm like very guilty. I'm on Instagram Live multiple times a day. Um, I have a daily Instagram Live show at 10 p.m. The Giggly Squad. Check it out. Me and my friend Paige. But um, wow. these DJs. Who are going on? It doesn't hit the same. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, no they shit. Just look like they're standing over a table. Okay, well, what what is worse? Hit. What is worse? A DJ playing his music to nobody in just a, a room, or a stand-up comedian doing his set to no no crowd, no laughter, no anything. This, oh my god, I have to do a stand-up show tomorrow. Like I keep saying yes to these stand-up shows, and it's really brutal. But 
I'd rather that because at least there's like an, an awkwardness to it and like seeing someone bomb is kind of at least entertaining mm. where the the DJ, it's like, it's bring, give, gives me nothing because they like look too cool to be there and I'm like, shut up. Where the See, comic, you can tell, is just like, I want to kill myself. No, I agree. I mean, me <laughs> that's as, a good point. I am, I, I literally, you know, am a DJ and I have zero interest in watching anybody DJ <laughs> on Instagram live, even if they have like funny visuals behind them and they're doing skits no. and gags and shit. It's just like, there's, no. there, it's just wrong. I mean, maybe like a DJ tutorial, but then I know that you don't want to give up like your secrets. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It took it took years to be this lame. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't they give can, that up. They can uh, pay for the master class if they want to learn that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming out on live. Should I take up DJing? I guess it's a terrible time to learn DJing because who knows? Next time we can all rub up against each other. But <laughs> I don't I feel think like I don't. It's think a good time should. to learn. A, uh, unfortunately, there's no not a whole lot of gigs going on. But I think you could definitely get hired for some celebrity DJ sets and well, you know make some decent side income. Well, thank you. Because I was thinking, because I have like a following and I'm a personality. What <laughs> other skills do I need? Be honest with me. Have you heard? Of the, have you heard of this website called OnlyFans.com? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I'm not I don't need to go to that extent. I'm saying I want to DJ. If I want to be a DJ, what well, do I do? I um, you know, I can I can teach you the ways. I've Actually, done it before with other with other celebrities. Let me tell you a little story about Jason. He's well known for teaching actor Zach Efron how to DJ f- for the movie um, what was it called? <laughs> it's called We Are Your Friends. No, this is not a joke. He really did teach Zach Efron how to DJ. And That's it, amazing. And I don't know if you've seen that classic film. It's probably available on all streaming services. Um, <laughs> and I could do but, that same thing for you as well. Obviously, I'm, I am union and there are some restrictions <laughs> and loopholes that we have Wait, to work on. Was, how comfortable was Zach Efron? How comfortable was he? Coachable. Oh, how coachable. Not very. She's, he was distracted with being a giant celebrity. You don't have that problem. Well, you know, you I, I, I would say in his in his defense, he did not have to learn how to DJ. All he had to do was learn how to look like a DJ. So he, okay. so you know, he's he's like he's an actor who has been an actor his whole life. You know, for whatever decades at this point. So he's so he's kind of like you know, like I got it. I think I can do this, and he pretty I'm much just- did. I'm not particularly like I wasn't a dancer growing up. I don't like make music. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a good, you know, shake your ass kind of, kind of song. Okay. But that's really I'm I did a TikTok dance once. It, it <laughs> did go viral because it was funny, not because it was good. Mm-hmm. So do you what do you think I can do? I think you I think the possibility of you becoming a DJ is strong. You know, you just have okay. to carve out your your lane musically and it sounds like you already have ass shaking ass shaking yeah, music so, and la- mm-hmm. no so no no EDM, no Dua Lipa vibe. You're going just straight like No. Like mystical and usher like Yes. Like a, yes. So you're basically like a a, a a wedding DJ then is what you want. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's, 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 I think that's pretty easy to program. You guys get me. But I do like, but it's so true. I've, a DJ would just be good extra money. Like I do a stand up gig, make 20 bucks, then go DJ <laughs> at some like stupid party and get paid like 2,000 bucks or whatever those well, comedy, people do downtown. Stand up comedy is not the way to riches, unfortunately. But I don't know why you chose It can this. be. Well, once you start selling out like, 
clubs, then you make a couple grand on the weekend. But are you um, doing, are you touring and stuff? So I actually just started my first tour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did, I went to D.C., L.A., I did Dynasty Typewriter, then I did Cobb's Comedy in San Francisco, and then COVID hit the day after on March 9th. Damn. And I had like a whole, the whole nation plan, so that got canceled. Well, is that, how did it feel though? Were you, do we feel like you're on, were you getting your sea legs or was it hard? Yeah, well, I've, I did stand up. I was in it for about a year. I had been like writing comedy for a while. I've been writing comedy sketches. I dated a stand up for a year who actually subconsciously taught me a lot before I knew I wanted to do stand up. But I got into it. Was it, it Chris D'Elia? <laughs> no, but like, just a guess. No. <laughs> Thank God. I've never had sex with Chris D'Elia. That's my thing to fame. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> Do you? But do you think Chris D'Elia is hot? At first, I didn't. Oh, but no. I've never. I've God never, damn it! I've never been around him. I've never been around him. I don't think he's not hot, but I'm not like going my way to be like. What's but Chris you're D'Elia saying you're person? saying you're saying in theory though, it, you would you're interested. In theory, if he wasn't like a huge douchebag and pretend he was like a little humble, I would let him chase me for a while. Okay, wow, okay. But he seems like he, like if you're in the same room as him and he, you know, the the cocktails are flowing, he probably has some type of magical skills that he has where he's able to have sex with all of these people, you know? One thing I was taught in college, um, just to bring this back, I have a feeling this won't be anything in a class. (laughs) <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was at a bar and I was on the tennis team. And let me be clear. I know you think that we were a big deal in college. The tennis team wasn't. Um, but we knew like a lot of the hockey guys, the basketball guys, we all trained together. And I saw, I was a freshman. I saw the captain of the hockey team and he went up to me and said something. And I go, oh my God, you're the captain of the hockey team. And my friend grabs me by my shirt, puts me to her face. She was a senior on the team. And she goes, one num- number one rule don't you ever give them that satisfaction. And from that day forward, any guy who thinks he has a big mm. dick, you don't give it to them. And then it's like the more popular, famous, or rich they are, the more you ignore them. And it's just a game. It's just a game. Love is a game. That's good advice. Um, and all of them are narcissists, so you don't even want them. You don't even want to trap them at the end of the day. It's just the chase. Well, thanks for teaching us how to fuck hot guys. You're <laughs> I've been trying to I've been trying to figure it out for a while. That's the title of this pod: How to Fuck Hot Guys. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've been wa- I have been watching you on TV. I have to admit. Oh and, wow! And I mean, this show I feel like is truly taken on a life of its own. Um, and I know I don't. Why are you laughing I, so much at that? <laughs> because I don't. I shot it last year. I was on a season and it got like a little bit of attention. And then this season, I don't even, cause we're all quarantined. I don't even know how many people really like. Have let me tell you, let me tell you it. something. This shit is lit. You guys are eclipsing Vanderpump rules as the Bravo. Like, wow. For, for the, for the like media elite of New York and LA to talk. Shut about. the fuck up. <laughs> yes. See, yes. I don't even know that. Yes. And I, I have some questions pertaining to the show. Um, particularly, first of all, What's Luke's dick game like? So Luke and I have never had sex. Don't lie to me on this fucking podcast. I would never. You don't think I'd be like, yeah, he has a dope dick. No, we've never had sex. Um, It it was, again, I like to play games. So like. Is he religious? No, he's, he's one of those weird guys that he likes to have 
sex without emotion and he enjoys it he doesn't think about it but the second there's weird like emotion, guys these i've never met a guy like this but he has sex and he doesn't care about the girl it's insane <laughs> you guys are laughing too hard okay i could then, Sorry, I'm I'm just shocked. That's disgusting to hear something it's like just, that. It's gross, and I, I would hope that men would mature <laughs> a little bit. But then he had, like, feelings for me and, like, didn't – couldn't have sex with me because it would be too complicated. Where I'm the kind of person where I only want to have sex with guys who I, like, have a crush on. But um, did you – but you liked, you liked him, though, right? I liked him, yeah. He's very good looking. I get it. I see the appeal. Yeah, he's very good looking. Although he had very like good he, banter. It seems like he doesn't have a job, though. He actually, he's a hockey coach um, where he, that's where he makes his money. Like, I, um, he works in the, like rich families who want their kids to learn hockey. And oh. the Minnesota guys are like very well respected in New York City to teach like the rich kids hockey. Wow. This is a new industry I'm learning about because hockey is the least appealing sport on earth to me. So I, I, yeah, it doesn't seem like the cross section between I was interested. hockey and well, rich people doesn't seem like they go together very well. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's not like a huge amount of New Yorkers, mm-hmm. but they found their niche. But also he was a like very successful model. Like he was like the face of, um, I think like Hollister or, or oh, American Eagle or some shit. Like, <laughs> some regular like ass in, white boy shit. He was in these like national campaigns. Like his face was like on the paper bag that I was holding when I was 14. Mm. It's pretty, he just like had a very success. It's hard to break out in modeling. And he, you got discovered by Josh Hartnett's manager. And wow. I, can't, I love him telling you that like over a candlelit night at that red. Yeah, I was house. like, that was a little too detailed. I didn't, I didn't need like, all those details. Like, save, it, save it, bro. I don't care. I was like, is Josh Hartnett single? What's his deal? <laughs> <laughs> well, so did you, did you or did you not go to Minnesota? So after the show, he then was like teaching hockey a lot and like he didn't go to Minnesota. <laughs> so like so you couldn't I, go with him because it. he didn't go he didn't go and then it just yeah we kept talking and we we had like a couple moments where like he just wouldn't i thought he would have sex with me after the show i'm like maybe it's the cameras and, <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i I love a challenge so like there must have been like five really good guys in my life who were like hey i'd love to speak with you and i was like i have something better to focus on i'd love to speak with you that's how that's how i'm glad that that's how men are respectful out here they're like excuse me hannah i would like to speak with you about possibly having sexual intercourse are you available no, to discuss all i wanted was this dude to not respect me but he was just like i care about you I have so many feelings for you and in my head i was like i don't see myself necessarily dating you because i don't i just didn't see him for me i didn't see it like that um well, the, the american public i think wanted it to happen but it was just because everybody else was so vanilla that it was kind of like an interesting match you know yeah and i don't want to say it was like a work crush but like there was no <laughs> part of me was work like crush. No part of me was trying to be like, I'm not going to hook up with this guy because he had sex with another girl. I'm like, what am I going to do? Fuck around alone in a hot tub? Like, no, he was the guy that I was flirting with. And also, I made out with other guys during the summer, too. Like, I wasn't Miss Innocent. So, we, know I mean, you're, we know you're not Miss Innocent. No one is, no one is <laughs> under that impression. But the, the – I mean, did you – what is your actual relation to the show? Like, how did you – because it felt a little bit like you're, you were cast – if I'm being honest, as like a funny person. Well, well, thank you. That's the nice thing anyone ever said about me. Um, <laughs> I 
they had the show the first two seasons. I think a lot of people are binging right now. I recommend it if you want more of the craziness. It's like a drunken psych ward. That's what I like to call it. And um, after two seasons, the, the ratings weren't very high. I think they were trying to be like the new Vanderpump, but it, we're so different than Vanderpump. I don't think you can like advertise it like that. I think it's a whole different young energy. And they, um, I had actually been working for this media company where I was editing comedy videos, interviewing people, and I interviewed Carl, oh. this other guy who used to be on the show. And I was just making fun of them. I never watched the show. I was like, it was a interview in like December, and I. And they were like, interviewed these guys. And I was like, what do I interview them about? And I was like, what do you guys do in the winter? What does Summerhouse do in the winter? And I made them do like a rosé bong. It was so stupid. But Carl and I, like, we like, we were friendly. And like, then I'd see the Summercast house ar- around. And they knew who I was. I'd met Lindsay. I'd met Danielle. Um, and then I got a call basically like, hey, we're looking to like get a whole new cast shakeup and we know you know cast members they said that you were like you're outgoing you're fun and i said look i've never wanted to do reality tv i've never that's, what, that's what they all say that's what they no, all but, like say. i've never applied to the bachelor i wanted to be a comedian <laughs> like i wanted to be a comedian and but i didn't want to do it be a stand-up yet i just actually what's fucking freaky is i quit my job in sales and marketing and just said i manifested i said this is some la shit jason i mm-hmm. manifested and i I said i want to be doing video i want to be video tv that's what i want to do and you want to be on camera you want to be on camera yeah so two years later i was on camera turns out reality tv just enables you to do the things you actually want to do which is like i started my stand-up career i started my podcasting i my instagram has been super fun creating content and i've met a lot of cool people but i basically said to them i said look I don't want to be your hot mess. I want to be like, show that girls can be funny and strong and smart. Turned out I am the hot mess, but <laughs> well, I think, I think to be fair, it's more of a competition of who's the most hot mess of everyone. And I don't know if I would go that far for you. Well, people would say to me this season, they were like, we think you're one of like the stars the season. But I've heard people say like, if you're the star of a reality show, it's not a good thing. Like it means you had to fuck up a lot of ways to be there so i had a pretty messy season but but i've learned i go into it not trying to be perfect i'm not trying to be aspirational i'm trying to show it's about making mistakes and then trying to solve it and that's what america wants to see is you how you handle your mistakes i want to see i want to see upper middle class white people from new york going to the hamptons and fucking (laughs) each other too that's exactly what i want to see thank you for thank you for summarizing that perfectly i say it's it's yeah it's us fucking and fighting on the weekends what else do you want but you don't hang out with these people. These are not, this is, this is work. These aren't necessarily, you're friendly, but you're not like kicking it with them on the weekends. So no, we, we're good friends. Um, I'd say we fight often. So like I went a time period where me and Lindsay didn't talk this winter cause we got into a fight. Um, I, there's people I'm close, like me, Paige and Amanda, me and Paige are very close. We talk every day. We're actually real life best friends. Um, pa- and Amanda, we, we talk to, we're good. Um, Luke talks to me every day. He calls me every day still. It's so- he, talk, he talks to me. I don't talk to him, but he talks to me. I like to just make it clear. I'm not calling him. He's calling me and I answer because I need the attention. Sure. And- that's, why, that's why Jason does this podcast with me. <laughs> Starving for it. Starving. But I do think that these people become 
we get this weird connection that like you have with them that other people don't have. And I do think in the beginning I was more like, yay, new friends. And then like after a year, I was like, I can only stand so much of these people in certain times, but like, I love them all to death. And when we're together, the, I think we finally hit our stride this last season with the chemistry's unreal. What other friend group can you guarantee there will be a different great fight every time you sit down to dinner seamlessly? Mm. Well, I think the cameras help that, but yes, I I would agree. No, I like mean, we fight during winter too. It's really absurd. We fight we during have, winter. We too. have so many strong personalities. Like we have a dinner. We had a dinner recently uh, over the winter, and you know Lindsay's yelling at people. Someone's crying. Someone left early. It's the same. That, fe- that feels exhausting to me. Yeah, it's so exhausting, and I hate confrontation. Um, really, you could you could have fooled me. I know, well, the show. Has actually made me mature. Just listen to me on Expand this. Spend on that, Queen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna need a little because more. <laughs> you live your whole life trying to live in your comfort zone or pushing yourself a little bit when you can, but overall, you, I'm forced and put into social situation I would never force myself to be in that ultimately made me like grow and learn about myself as a person like you get in a fight with someone and the next day you just happen to be stuck in an uber with them going to a restaurant and them interrogating you about something or like or like you're dealing with a guy and you have to explain to the group your feelings on it where normally you would just ignore it and like three months later like burn his house down Mm, yes yeah you so, okay, I, now the other, you know, on this podcast, we like to unpack financials. That's something that we're very good at because we love Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We love the, the ins and outs of the industry. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about pay scale, baby. Like what's, who's, is, are you guys splitting this shit or are some people the stars and some people getting a little bit less coin? The, the more seasons you're on, the more you get paid. Interesting. So and there, that's how there's less drama. Huh. So mm. is anybody from the cast involved in production? No. No one, no one helped create the show? No. Okay. Because that's common with reality shows. Kyle too. likes to think he did, but he didn't. <laughs> Damn. Damn. That's why he's selling canned rosé now. Um, <laughs> Hollywood's different for Kyle. Um, well, are you going to do it again? Um, we are in talks of trying to find out, because we have so much great momentum, a way of having like a kind of quarantine house possibly. Um, so, cause people want more and you know, there nothing's been greenlit. Nothing's been confirmed, but that's like the rumor on the street. Not, not to be a shithead, but how would you do that? I don't understand how that would work. So instead of us being in New York city, going to the Hamptons every weekend, we would do like a six week work from the mansion <laughs> and work during the week and see what happened it would be kind of like oh Big i see Brother you, you would all okay so you would all live in a house and then, yeah but, but and they would show you during the week but then on the weekends you would all convene and but like during the week we'd be together in the okay. house a lot I of see. us do work from home i mean i don't know we're gonna do filming editing my podcast or like doing a stand-up ig live show bombing i don't know um but <laughs> yeah then people will will see like kind of our work stuff and then i guess we're fight. we didn't think it through actually <laughs> doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like it but no, no that's okay also it's that- not my fucking job i'm not i'm like people are asking me i'm like i just show up and start fights yeah. have you been doing a lot of press for this at, now that the season's over or is it pretty mellow so it's a ton of press during season because um things happen people want your perspectives on it but now we have one more episode actually 
called Secrets Revealed, where they show you a lot of scenes that they just couldn't fit into the 14 episodes. Oh, I, I, I love seeing some some people I don't know having sex under a blanket in like <laughs> gra- grainy surveillance footage. That's my favorite. Dude, that's, that's my what makes Summer House so good. No other show on Bravo has that kind of like um, hidden camera, Big Brother esqueness because the best shit happens when we get home and we're just being stupid. Well, this is, this is what I say all the time about reality television because I, I have been a fan forever and I participated somewhat in my in a past life. But oh. I think, well, not, not in, a, in a business sense, not necessarily an on-camera sense, but the, the thing that people aren't thinking about is that people are on drugs and they can't show that. <laughs> and it's like, it's like when somebody is screaming and fucking yelling, it looks like their eyes are going to pop out of their head. It's not because they've had too much fireball. It's because they're doing cocaine. Like that's what's happening. Like it's crazy. And like, I, for the, I think a lot of people that watch these shows, if they don't have experience doing drugs, they don't fully process that. And I, I think that's like a huge missing link to the whole thing. One thing I do just want to say is that I do not, do any drugs yeah I'm, but you're not yelling and screaming i'm not talking about you well I'm just i guess okay you prove my point <laughs> i'm just saying there's, there's, a, there, there's a certain kind of person on every show you're like oh that guy's on coke for sure there's no way how do you stay up to six in the morning it just doesn't work it just doesn't work that way and i cannot support that statement because <laughs> i will get in trouble so you don't need I, you don't you i don't, disagree with you you don't need to support the statement because we got facts on this side no i've gotten in trouble before and i can't Wow, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, we we, can't be fucking up her money, Chris. I don't. She's only been on one season. I need to pay my rent. She already had to move home, so it's not looking good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living with my parents. I'm still paying rent in Long Island City. What have you been on? You've been on Watch What Happens Live, right? Oh my gosh, it's so sad. I got in. Well, first, Paige and I are first year. We came in hot. We were like two new girls. I think we had a great season, but we just got asked to be the bartenders when Kyle was on. Um, Damn, shots so fired. That, that was fucked up. But um, this season, finally, I get a call and they go, Hannah, we want you on Watch What Happens Live. And I was like, this is every Bravo celebrity's like, wow. Moment, hold on, you know? hold on, hold on, hold on. You just called yourself a Bravo celebrity. It's what it's called. It's what it's called. I'm just saying the facts. Called Bravo celebrity. I do. Am I proud of it? Yes. Um, <laughs> so it happens that this call and I'm freaking out. They're like, we need, um, I order clothes. I set up my spray tan. This is what you have to do when you're in New York City, mm-hmm. Jason. Mm-hmm. And he gets it. <laughs> and it was two days before the city shut down. And the city shut down because of Corona. Ooh. And then I did my first Watch What Happens Live over Zoom at my parents' house. And I'm not going to lie. I did well, was not the same. There's no. something beautiful about you go in, you have um, your hair and makeup person, which I never have. You have your family sitting there. They're all proud. You have a live audience. Andy Cohen, you get to, he comes in, he says hi. Like, I was dreaming of that. Um, but mm. turns out maybe I should, I should make my dreams dream higher, you know? <laughs> I, I, dream you higher. know I, I had a book come out a few years ago, and the only thing I asked my publisher was that I wanted to be the bartender and watch what happens live, and they couldn't make that happen. So I'm, I'm a Dude, little... apparently it's the hardest, um, like, seats to get in New York City. Like, Hamilton's easier than getting a seat on watch what happens live. There's, like, 25 people No, no, sitting. no. I'm going to be the bartender. Don't worry about it. I can... I, I will work my way in. I can hook it up easy for you. My best well, friend is his, is his assistant. I would. I mean, I'm willing to pretty same. Will you do it with no maybe. shirt on? I don't think we're there yet, but maybe. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean like you're not fit enough yet, or mentally ready? 
Um, a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I mean, well, being on, but maybe if I had a spray tan. Yeah, figure it out because <laughs> don't don't manifest it and then not be ready for your goals. You know? Uh, oh no, but I mean, I'm I'm ready. Like, don't get me wrong, I would be ready. I'm a game time guy. You know what I mean? When it's when it, when the coach puts me in, I fucking play. Okay, well, it's nipples or nothing, so figure it out. <laughs> My God, I've never heard that catchphrase. Before. I actually just made that up. You are comedian. It's good. It feels like, <laughs> yeah. a, like a man has told that to you before. <laughs> yeah. I know. It feels yeah. like I've been sexually harassed in multiple work scenarios. No, I created that. <laughs> are, are, are your DMs lit with men throwing themselves at you? Oh, my DMs are just more DMs. My DMs are just crowded of like a lot of really cool, nice girls being like, hey, we left Summer House. Then like people trying to get information. Then people asking me to do them favors. It's mostly that. And then like one, then like a couple creepy dudes. And like, I don't know. I haven't found any legitimate um, what kind guys of, to What date. kind of favors do people ask yeah, of you? Yeah, that's no, it's I mean. a lot of like, can you tell my mom happy birthday? Can you go on this podcast? Can you retweet this? Can you go on this Zoom call? And like imagine that times 500. So like recently mm. I've been having a mental breakdown when I check my DMs because I want to make everyone happy and I can't. And then I like, yeah, I just, it's kind of annoying. Because I'm not at the fame where, like, I don't respond to DMs. Like, I'm kind of, like, you can't. You're just being a dick. But then you're, I'm also at a point where I'm overwhelmed with the amount of people you're, who you're want You're not on the shit. Efron level to where no. if, if you don't get a response, then it's no surprise. Like, if he does respond, it's weird. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, are yeah. you okay, Zach Efron? Yeah, like, yeah. why are you looking at this? So Don't you have you, something to do? You, um, I want to, I want to talk to you about your podcast oh, as cool. well. Um, you, you said that it has become sort of a, a revenue stream for you in these trying times of Corona. Yeah, my podcast pays my rent. Um, Sick. I, I, I'm about eighty so episodes in. I started it before, right before I went on. Um, summer house I had a lawyer basically be like look you're gonna f- whatever you do just don't be forgettable either have people like love you or hate you and the people who love you you then can like go on a journey with and like be like do you want to listen to my podcast do you want to follow me on Instagram and great advice so your lawyer told you this my lawyer my lawyer okay so he was a lawyer actually for Teresa Judice. Yes. So yes. he was my lawyer. Can I get a translation he, on who that person is, please? Oh, yeah. Chris, you can explain. The breakout star of Real Housewives of New Jersey. The, yeah. the last name is Judice? Judice. It's, it should be Judice, I think, in Italian, but the, <laughs> it got Americanized to Judice. So got her it, husband it, is getting deported. She's like, she's one of the most famous, like, and also like a storied past, like, crimes and like mm. embezzlement and, and getting deported she's it's a, a legendary bitch legendary yeah she bitch. flipped a table once that's very famous it's probably not in your circle jason where you would hear of it but it's a very <laughs> the table flip heard around the world besides men who don't watch bravo but <laughs> she that. has this lawyer his name's jim leonard and he's the shit and i had a friend and i was like i just got this bravo contract i don't know what to do and they go i got a guy for you so he's let me get big jim on the horn He's a criminal lawyer from New Jersey who also <laughs> does a lot of the New Jersey housewives contracts and stuff. And he was just like, look, I know the game. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. And I was like, I, hell yeah. I'd rather this than some like nerdy dude who doesn't know shit about reality TV. Mm-hmm. And he gave me some great advice um, about just like being myself and 
and how to just not be so scared on camera. And he told me, he said, start a podcast. So I'd been working for this company where I was interviewing all these reality TV people, these celebrities. And I started to realize all these people with fame and money were so fucked up. Like, like I was seeing them in person, how they dealt day to day. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys maybe have more issues than the person who isn't chasing fame. <laughs> and <laughs> I decided to start a podcast called Burning in Hell, B-E-R-N. It's mm. a fun pun of my name. Good. Oh, where, yeah. Yes, wow. Hilarious. Thank you. Uh-huh. Where I talk to people about their demons and their darkness and their biggest insecurities. So, you know, every anyone from entrepreneurs to co- famous comedians to um, reality TV stars. And I'm just like, what do you hate about yourself? And we talk about it and it's made everyone, I realize everyone's just so much more similar than not similar. Mm-hmm. And just cause you're, sometimes cause you're successful, you really like, I talked to, um, who's Ryan from million dollar listing, Chris. Oh yes. Yes. Ryan yes. Serhant. Yes. So this guy is like this multi, multi, multi-billionaire TV star, real estate mogul. And he's just like, every day I'm scared. I'm going to lose it all. And I can't sleep. And, I I work till like my head bleeds and I thank God I found my wife because she at least keeps me sane. And you're just like, damn, that doesn't sound pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) So what are, what are the things that you hate about yourself? Oh my God. Great question. I think, um, I, I come from a past with tennis where I dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression because I Mm -hmm. was talented and I realized people around me would only like be happy when I won. So I just feel this constant need to like perform to like get people's or like I have to earn, I have to win to be lovable and stuff. So that's what I'm working on. So I decided to go on a reality TV show to see if America would love me. Yeah. It seems like it's working. Well, I actually dealt with the most hate I've ever dealt with this season because I was in a lot more scenes and i think it's the universe trying to teach me how to be like hey people are gonna hate you move the fuck on yeah i think that's I mean, probably like one. it seems like that's one of the hardest things to learn about being a healthy mentally healthy celebrity is really not letting that stuff affect you and not reading also, the comments and all that shit imagine being a celebrity whose life um, of the summer gets cut down to 42 minute episodes and then you're judged on those 42 minutes when they're trying to tell a certain story that works for them right. and, and, and it's all edited by people whose job is it to make it look <laughs> as messy and fucked up as possible exactly and you sign so the waiver peop- that says they can do whatever they want yeah there was just one thing that happened this season that i kind of fucked me and then i was getting called like horrible things online because like they didn't show an apology and they didn't show like they oh i mean this is what now it's been revealed so i can say it this girl jules was getting kicked out of the house it wasn't my idea and then they cut to me and i just was like she doesn't connect with with me i don't feel connected and she needs to own her shit and people were like she didn't do anything to you you're a fucking bully you're a fucking mean girl <laughs> she you're fucking terrible you're a horrible person my dms and when there's like four people you're like okay imagine 500 people in your dms um, being like, you disrespect the only girl of color. You're mm. a fucking like horrible things. When realistically, she the week before had gone in a drunken fight with Luke and slapped him in the face. And I was like, girl, you are not okay. And like, I don't so say people who are like that out of control. And I didn't. There were multiple reasons why I didn't like the girl, but none of it was shown. And then I just said she's owner shit, and I got like 
so attacked because they showed her as just like this innocent. They teen. really did. They really did. Dude, she and she. But then she let. But so then she let. Times. She let Carl hit though, which I find crazy. Well, everyone was like, oh, "How could this little angel ever?" And it's like, yeah, because you didn't. You don't know the full story, and also Carl wasn't even mad at her. Carl had overconsumed. <laughs> and was Carl I said I laugh with Jules about it now and I'm like do you realize that that's just initiation is Carl blackout yelling at you for no reason he yelled at me multiple times that summer that wasn't seen um and I was like dude that's just part of being in the house you get yelled at Carl when you least expect it but anyway Carl's one of the worst dressed people in reality television I have to say it's, it's but actually is incredible. he because he gets a lot of attention for it and they say all of those know, guys all of peacocking. those guys that all of those guys on that show dress like shit. Like, honestly, we, we, they need help. It's the crazy. The best part about it was that Luke comes in, and Carl and Kyle are used to just being, like, preppy boys, whatever, douchey. And then Luke comes in with his, like, big hat and, like, a <laughs> bandana and, like, jewelry and, like, ripped shirt. Carl shows up the next weekend with a big hat. And we all were like, like, guys don't say, bro, you look good. I think they just start copying each other. And I was like, Carl, take off that hat. That's actually, like a, that's actually a pretty deep observation. I, yeah. I, I guess because I work in fashion and so do a lot of my friends, we would talk about it pretty openly. But regular bros don't have the vocabulary. No, yeah, they'll just notice something and be like, <laughs> okay. And then next thing you know, he was dressing just like Luke. And we were like, God damn it, Carl. Like it's, actually, it's actually impressive, I think, because I say this all the time, because people in L.A. dress like shit because they don't see other people. They're in cars and stuff. But in, <laughs> but in New York, I find that, like, most guys, especially if they have a little bit of money, like, just kind of figure it out from being around yeah. and, like, walking down the street. But th- your, your cast members prove that that's not true. It's funny. And Luke has so much free clothing from his endeavors of modeling when he wants to but he has this thing like we went to winery and he had to wear like a ripped shirt and his thing is like (laughs) i'm just me man i'm just doing me don't come at me man i'm just doing me and i'm like okay but there's also like a little appropriateness at times but he was just like i'm a small town boy if i looked like that i would wear ripped shirts more often than shirts that weren't ripped i think so i i don't valid point I can't, I can't really, like, I think he found his look and even though it's not good, it's better than the rest. So, you know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate his style. When he'd wear cowboy boots, it was funny to me too. I think, I I, I love cowboy boots. I think if done right, it's, it's really cool. Hell yeah. I think, I mean, girls wearing it, I think it could be cute. Guys, it's hard, it's hard to pull off unless you're very stylish or you look like him. I think it's more like, yeah, how good looking you are. And also, yeah. like, if you actually grew up wearing that or like your dad did, then it feels a little more natural. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, why, that's why Jason wears tank tops because he's from California. And that's just what he – Can you, like can you he, tell, Hannah, how, how jealous Chris is that you were on this TV show and he was not? <laughs> Chris, we might be casting. Are you single? No, I'm not. Okay, so you won't, you won't be good. <laughs> I don't well, think you know. Well, I'm also sober, so I'm really not the guy for that. True, you'd be terrible on the show. Well, actually, <laughs> maybe maybe it would be maybe it would be my opportunity to be like a voice of reason. You know? Oh, I thought you were going to say maybe my opportunity to ruin my life and <laughs> go and, <laughs> and get back on the wagon. Should be the perfect reason <laughs> to uh, quit my sobriety. Let me know. Yeah, I mean, well, let me see what the check's looking like. You know what well, I mean? I'll, Carl just announced that he's sober. Like for real, for real, like in the program or just like he's announcing that he's sober because he looks so bad on TV? He's announcing that he's sober and that he's going to therapy. That's what he said. 
Well, maybe there needs, be, there needs to be some more sober representation I on could be, reality I could television. Be, maybe I could come in and be his Carl his sober sponsor? coach. Yeah, I could be his sober coach. Big yeah. C and Big C. But I'm pretty. I don't think I he has the budget. Sh- I just don't want the show <laughs> to turn into like a sad 37 year old trying not to drink around a bunch of people drunk at a party trying to have fun. Like, that's not what I want the show to be. First of all, first of all, I'm not sad. I am 37, but I'm a lot of fun. And I've, I've no, probably... I was talking about Carl. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, listen to Chris. You sounded like um, like a single like, mom's a dating sad. profile. I am 37, but sad. I am a lot of fun. I've, I've, party, I've partied more than all of you losers combined. I just okay, had to stop. Now you're just taking it out of me i was talking about carl and well i'm actually carl you know from what i witnessed carl did need to probably slow it down so i'm happy to hear that all jokes aside no but my thing is i i just worry like next steps i hope that he like finds either a balance or like i just don't want to be cut that you know hannah's a bad influence on carl no i mean (laughs) i think i drink fireball they're like hannah's triggering him i mean you guys drinking fireball out of the bottle is absolutely insane babe who does that is it (laughs) <laughs> yes, who fucking does that? It's it's a social. Well, this is the thing. I would not do like tequila out of the ball. Maybe one shot each. But like te- the fireball goes down so easy, it becomes like we're drinking Gatorade after you know basketball game before Corona. When you're like, oh, I'm so thirsty, throw it here. That's what it becomes before we go out with the fireball. We're all Jason. Just, like, have you ever it. drank fireball out of the bottle in your life? Yes, I have actually. <laughs> and I, I, have. I every time I drink fireball, I am. I'm mad at myself for how much I like it. It's it's delicious. <laughs> it's fucked up. It goes down so much softer than like vodka or tequila. That wasn't really around. That wasn't like a thing when I was partying. Like tequila and Jägermeister were still the things that you would take but shots it's, of. But it's also, you could just taste how bad it is for you in every way. Like it's just a mountain of sugar, the lowest quality alcohol that you can legally sell. Mm. And it tastes, but, but something about it is is low-key delicious. It does the job. But that the, the amount of the amount of fireball that gets drank on that show, it feels like it's a cast member. To, to, honestly, it's like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I know they're doing it on purpose to show people swigging from the bottle because it's like, look how fucked up they're getting. And <sighs> honestly, it works. I mean, also, let's say you like want to make out and you don't have gum on you, swig fireball. Mm. Same thing. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a real that's a real reality show pro tip right there. Yep. You never know when some guy is gonna go in for or some girl. You never know. Wait, didn't you, were you, there was a crossover episode with my kings from Southern Charm, right? <laughs> yeah. As a, as a Southern person, I, that's really the show I should be on if, if I had to choose. But um, those guys, which one were you flirting with? Austin. He, I like him, but he's a little too nice for you, I think. I think, but. Did you hit? Did you hit? No, I didn't hit because he has complications with Madison happening, but. We were attracted. Yeah, who knows what the, <laughs> I, like, I literally don't know what's going on with them, but like we're me and Austin are friends. Like we call each other on the phone, like we're cool. Um, but I don't know what's happened. I don't know how you could have a relationship after what they've gone through, but they're I think they're together right now. Um, I, I like him because he's tall, and that's why I came at him. I was like, You can handle a New York girl. But he's he's a talker and he's he's fun to flirt with. <clears throat> how do you oh. think being on a reality show has changed you as a person or have <laughs> yeah. you have you always been like this exactly or or has something yeah. changed you have are, you par- are all- your parents worried about you i've literally always been like this um but when i played tennis i was very subdued like mm. i just 
And I, I, I really think just because you were good at something you, doesn't mean you have to do it. And I just felt like so mm. much of my personality and creativity wasn't being used. And I was focusing because I was a hyper kid. So I was put into tennis and other sports. And tennis caused so much like depression for me. Like I dealt with a lot of like I would get the yips. Like I was playing one for the University of Wisconsin and like lost my second serve, like underhand serving against Duke. And like it was <laughs> I just went through so much bullshit in my own fucked up head. And then it was just like a perfect segue to comedy being like, wait, I could be goofy, creative and make fun of all my like mental problems. And then my parents, they watch every episode with me. They listen on my podcast. They are the most supportive things because they've seen me be in dark places. And they're just like, as long as you're happy and creating and being authentically you, we don't care. And if you ask any of my friends, they'd be like, yeah, we could see Hannah on reality TV. No one said it to me at the time. Mm-hmm. But after the fact, they were like, you're exactly the same. Um, I just think like now works. I have, I just now have more people listen to my stupid shit, which has gotten me in trouble. But yeah, I just have a bigger audience now. It feels like it's going pretty, I don't know. It seems like it's, you're fairly well adjusted considering. Yeah. I also think when you like were an athlete, I was, I grew up with a lot of like attention and pressure from that. So this, I'm like, you just want me to go on stage for five minutes and like, I don't even win or lose after I just like get some laughs or don't hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like someone says something. I'm actually pretty good with hate comments. I just don't, didn't like when people were calling me a bully, like say I have bad taste in men, say that I'm like greasy, say that I don't brush my hair enough. Yeah, you're right. Cool. No one cares. <laughs> greasy. <laughs> I won't say that I get, well, 10 hours in my makeup and I'm Italian, I get, I get oily skin mm. and everyone be like, you can't even fucking shower. And I'm like, honestly, should have taken a shower, but I didn't. <laughs> you're right. Okay, okay. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know where to go after this, but I like it. Well, I'm glad, well, that, I'm mean, glad that tennis has sort of mentally prepared you to handle yeah. all this other stuff in life. What, um, yeah, what's, uh, what's going on with your actual real-life dating life? <laughs> oh, that's the one thing. It's made it much more difficult. Um, really? That's, yeah, it's bad. Um, Because, I mean, last season, I met this sweet, nice man. His name was Armand. About, like, two months before filming. And we were, like, hanging out every day, having so much fun. Does Armand work at Anchor, the home of all podcasts? (laughs) Yeah, he does. Okay, sick. Yeah, we're familiar with him. I I talk to him all the time. Yeah, he has a sexy voice. I was seeing him because we were, like, just friends. He was in my friend group. He helped me launch my podcast. And we just started hanging in. (laughs) <laughs> we just started Damn, hanging out. I didn't even have to put out and he helped us launch this podcast. That's pretty fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I, it was like started as a friendship. And then at some point I just like loved spending time with him. And then one day I was like, oh, by the way, um, in three weeks, I'm going to have to start filming my life. So, um, if you want to be on it and continue whatever this is, that's cool. And if you don't, then like we can end it. It's totally cool. Like I wasn't with him long enough to be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to stay with you regardless of what you want. I'm like, this is my career. This is what I have to do. And he was like, sure. And then three weeks in, I was like this poor guy, like he didn't sign up for this shit. Like I didn't expect to meet Luke and like it, I had to, we ended it. Um, But he, so now like, 
I'm talking, like, I'm kind of talking. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm real. It's not real. It's not going to go well. So, but I'm like, let's say I'm talking to someone right now. Let's um, say, let's say, let's say, just, just, just let, let me, let me, let me say, maybe I'm talking to somebody right now. <laughs> I'm talking to a guy that I know it's going to end badly, but we're talking. Um, cause it's Did you know him? Did you know him pre-show or did he come at you after the show? He actually came at me after the show over a dating app, but he had known Carl. Fucking Carl and his hat, the connection Carl to everything. Knows everyone, because he parties so much. So he's like, hey, I went out with Carl one night. I'm like, so did everyone and their mom. And and then I messaged, I was like bored one night, and then we started talking. And then now I have to do the whole if we film in two months, like what up? Like I'm I'm gone all summer filming and either you're with it or you're not and it's like so many guys in new york are like finance guys or lawyers or just people that can't do reality tv um so that's not helpful Mm -hmm. and then also what's been more annoying is like average dating like i'll be on hinge and a guy who i'm like oh he's cute then he'll be like like quoting a tweet at me that i wrote or something and i'm like i don't know that turns me off i don't like it i hate fans too it's really tough that's no, really like tough. I don't mean to say I hate fans. It's more just like <laughs> it, it, it. I want to be on the same like balance mindset as them, and if they're coming from a like I want to suck your dick immediately place, I don't. It's not attractive to me. Yeah, you, 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 you will fuck a fan, but you don't want to wife down a fan. I don't even know if I'd fuck a fan because I don't want them telling all their friends that they fucked me. Like I was like, mm. like, oh, I fucked with that girl on Instagram. I just don't put me on a pedestal before like I earn it, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Wow. That's what I have to say to every person I've ever met. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I understand. I'm changing my bio to don't put me on a pedestal <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that's actually made it harder for me where, or maybe it sifts through. I went on a date once with a guy and at one point he was like, a lot of my friends watch your show. And I was like, oh, cool. And they, and he was like, they said that I should kiss you. And I was like, what? And then it just got weird. And then I was like, I don't like this. And then I just like left and I was like, ugh. like, I just felt like, like everyone knew we were on that date. I didn't like that. Um, Yeah. And then I've also hung out with comedians all the time, which are terrible people to date so dating comedians yeah. everyone says it's bad yeah i you did confirm. it for a year i was in therapy for two years i'm not doing it again <laughs> mm, that's not a fair trade-off from what i can tell no but it did i did come out stronger are are women or <laughs> female or male comedians more difficult to date what do you think i think that um from i've never dated a female comedian mm. but a lot of male comedians but you've are been tough. a female comedian I am a female comedian. Are you saying am I tough to date? Obvious. No, just, I don't. I think that a lot of male comedians um, can be narcissistic where like it's all about like comedians are just thinking about themselves all day and mm-hmm. it's their performance and their thing. And um, dating a narcissist could be super dangerous for your emotional health. They love bomb you in the beginning. And then next thing you know, they don't. I have trouble dating male comedians because also there's like a weird competitiveness of like who's funnier and like Mm. in comedy, like they love being like, well, I'm the funnier one. And like, that's so weird to say, like funny is such a general concept. Maybe you're a better stand up than me, but like I've been in weird situations where like, I just want honestly the funniest people are sometimes the people who are not even trying just their expression in a room, just like the way they react to things. It doesn't need to be the loudest guy in the room, like killing punchlines. It's actually fucking obnoxious and annoying. Sorry, I'm going off. I agree. Um, and then female comics, I think, are hard, too, because especially they say 
pretty female comics, it's like you're the really fucked up one because it's like you don't get enough attention from being hot. You have to also make everyone laugh in the room too. Like what kind of sick hate do you have for yourself? So maybe that's where I'm at. Mm, but uh, but wow. something about that is also kind of alluring as well, you know. Well, well, comics are so alluring. Nikki Glaser has a joke where it's like, um, like Pete Davidson, like everyone wants to fuck him, and it's almost like this old school, like the guy leading the herd with his microphone that he's the leader and he's telling everyone mm-hmm. what he knows and you like sexually want to fuck that. Where girls, it's not. I don't have guys after shows like necessarily wanting to fuck me. I think a lot of guys are intimidated by me and I hate to say that but I, I mm, think really because it sounded like you loved it L- loved what saying it I, I did it was true <laughs> and it was honest and but like I think a lot of guys are will be like worried that I like I don't know will make fun of them but I will I just want someone that can make fun of me back mm-hmm yeah, it's tough. That's it's a- hard to find that, somebody who can do that and also be hot and and successful, et cetera, et cetera. I, I dated like a, a very um um funny comedian, and he's gonna hate that. Say that's whatever. He goes, you'll or like he would say like you'll never date anyone funnier than me, and it's like that's where you're wrong. Like funniness is a compatibility. It's not like that you have a you know, whatever specials or whatever. It's about finding someone that makes you fucking feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, very, very yeah. subjective. So that's what I've learned from comedy and dating. But yeah, some comics are so personable and so charming, so they're easy to fall for. Who are your favorite comedians of all time, do you think? Oh my God, great question. I grew up, you know who I loved? I loved Cat Williams. <laughs> Whoa, wow. That's this podcast number one comedian. Really? He's yes. my favorite. He's Jason the funniest. put me on. Jason put me on. Dude, what, hustling, hustling. He's the best. He's <sighs> such a performer. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he did get in a fight with an eight-year-old or something and lost, but that's beside the point. <laughs> he did get his ass kicked by like a high school student. Of, but, you that's know. okay. He's a little guy. He's a little guy. No, Nobody yeah. can touch cats on, on stage charisma, you know? I also love the, sim- the simplicity of like Jim Gaffigan where he just like the food jokes growing up. I'm trying to think like when I was really young mm-hmm. and then – like I do, I think Amy Schumer, like is and Nikki Glaser both have been like very inspirational to me. And like Nikki Glaser has um kind of taken me under her wing, at, and like would take me to the comedy cellar, and like I'd watch all her sets and like just like talk about life and shit. And she's been just such like a great inspiration cool. for me. And she's killing the game. I mean, her from her roasts or um her stand up special, she's great. Mm-hmm. And um. I'm probably I like Sarah Silverman. She I just like people that you know who I also fucking really love right now? Lil Dicky. Wow, we've had a we've had a lot of Dicky discourse on this podcast. Um, yeah, I only about recently that discovered him. Have you watched the show? I actually haven't. Um So what do you like about So what him? is there to like about him? <laughs> his show is, is the trash. only thing that people have liked. <laughs> okay, let's not say his music is trash, but I mean, his I'm music sorry, is but trash. his music is trash. That's a um, guarantee. Freaky Friday was a fucking bop. It would <laughs> definitely be, it's definitely been played at Y7. Your DJ career is immediately canceled. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my demo. Maybe you can get party. into bottle service work or, or maybe valet some situation, but I don't know if Freaky Friday is going to cut it. 
It's so fun. Well, this is my thing with Little Dicky. I didn't really understand who he was. Like, I'd heard about him. I'm, like, friends with Andrew Santino, who mm-hmm. I know was on the show with him. And I started digging into it, and I was like, I love that this guy has no rules and, like, did not follow any, like, he doesn't stay in any box. And, like, I almost want to follow his, like, career mindset of, like, don't tell me how to do something or how to, like, because stand-up could be very, like, you got to bomb in basements for seven years. And then you can, and, like, I don't play that game. I, like, I've, people want to put me in a box, like, you're a reality star, you're a comedian, or you're an influencer. And it's, like, I don't care. Call me whatever. I'm just trying to make that money. Um, No, I just want to create, but I want to create. We can, we can agree with that on this podcast. I just love creating. And little Dickie, he wanted to have a TV show, a comedy TV show. And he like started writing funny comedy sketches. I'm yeah, sketches and, and songs. And then somehow got Chris Brown. And then the way he's done it, like standups would never approve, but now they accept him into the game despite Mm -hmm. him, like not bombing basements for seven years. And I think that's fucking awesome. that he's got that respect him more than like, YouTubers who are getting booked on nationwide stand-up tours or something like that. Exactly, exactly. But it's also I'm trying to get these people to understand that like there's so many talented people out there that may have just gone a different route and mm-hmm. found their passion a different way. But I think he just seems fearless and he's just seems like a cool creative guy. But no, I haven't watched Dave. I heard it's good. <laughs> right. Well, this is really this is interesting that this has turned into a pro Dicky podcast. I would have never <laughs> expected this, Jason. I know. Uh, I'm. I'm learning a lot about myself and I don't like it's, it. It's causing, it's, it's causing, it's, ca- it's causing me to gaze inward. And I, I feel, don't like I feel awful. I mean, I love changing. I love self-discovery. I love evolving and growing as a person. I don't want to like little Dickie. I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm not either. I'm not either, but I, I haven't watched. And I'm team breezy. <laughs> I don't. We're also not team breezy. Yeah, you that's, are that's team another breezy. issue. I cannot. Again, we're, I do not want to get time. trouble. I can't. We're <laughs> not. I, team I would breezy. rather. Team, I would rather Chris Brown do all of his bad Chris Brown stuff than like Lil Dicky saying the N word and getting away with it. That seems like mm. more of an offense to me. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, well, who do you hate more, women or racism? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it boils down to, doesn't it? Are you sexist or racist? Pick a side. <sighs> I wish I could. Luckily, Chris Brown handles both. Yeah. All right, Hannah, it's been great having you on the show. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, I don't know if uh, your team breezy or not, but we'll keep it moving. Um, <laughs> you can tell 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 our devout listeners where they can find you on the World Wide Web. Yeah, everyone check out my um, – comedy podcast burning in hell where i talk to people about their demons b-e-r-n and check out summer house if you haven't watched it on bravo tv.com or wherever i don't know you guys are smart you'll figure it out and then on instagram being burns b-e-i-n-g-b-e-r-n-z wow it was a real pleasure thank you for answering so much fun nice to have a pro on the podcast with media training who knows knows how to do plugs when it's time to plug Exactly. Everyone else yeah. is like, I don't know. Google my name. Jesus. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Thank you for indulging all of my important summer house questions. I know our, our listeners really want the tea. So, you know, of course. it was it was fun to have you. And we'll uh, we'll tune into your pod. Talk to you soon. Hell yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.